BGFF. I'm Lauren, the host of the Good Gluten-Free Grub podcast. Living with celiac disease has required constant adapting, and I am here to share how I live and love my gluten-free life and how you can too. I'm excited to be your new gluten-free friend. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Good Gluten-Free Grub Podcast. It's Lauren here, and I have another awesome guest episode for you this week. Um, Like I said, I am going to be incorporating more guests into the podcast, and this week, my guest is Celeste Noland. She is the creator of a blog and an Instagram page, um, a whole business, um, and it's called Life After Wheat. Um, Her blog is called There Is Life After Wheat. Her Instagram is called Life After Wheat. And Celeste is a recipe creator, a content creator, um, and she decided to perfect the art of gluten-free baking and cooking after her husband was diagnosed with multiple food allergies. So one of my favorite things about Celeste is, and her account is she herself doesn't have to eat gluten-free. So she actually knows like if something she's making is close to the texture or tastes like the gluten alternative because she can eat both. Um, She cooks this way and has mastered the art of this because of her husband. And um, so you can trust her insights and her opinion and her recipes because it hasn't been years or a decade for her since she had gluten. So for me specifically, like I really appreciate her information and her website and her recipes because I trust her as a person because I'm like she knows like what gluten tastes like so she's perfecting these recipes to be the best dupes out there right um so Celeste um created life after wheat um and spent years in the kitchen and perfecting these recipes and she was just really disappointed with what the options were many many years ago when her husband was diagnosed and so now she's created life after wheat and she has ebooks physical cookbooks she has a blog she has recipes and she has an instagram and today we are going to be talking with her about what that journey was like for her and um how um, her husband's life has been affected and their life has been affected by being gluten-free and why her husband is gluten-free um, and the journey that their family has been on. So welcome Celeste to the podcast and let's dive into the show. All right, Celeste, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Lauren, for having me. It's so fun because we know each other in real life. So we're real GFFs, right? I know. Yay! (laughs) Um, So this is great. We we don't live too close together, but we see each other on occasion, which makes Mm -hmm. it fun. Um, So Celeste, tell us what's your gluten-free journey been like for you and your husband? Okay. So we're going to have to rewind 12 years. Um, I was actually pregnant with our third baby when my husband was diagnosed with EOE. And that stands for eosinophilic esophagitis, which is a total mouthful. So if you're not (laughs) familiar with the term, it's fine. It's just EOE EOE. is what you say. Yes. (laughs) EOE. That's what everybody says because the other one is way too complicated. Um, But over time, what happened with him actually is his esophagus just gradually closed up and he started like choking on food. Sometimes he had difficulty swallowing and then um, eventually it got to the point 
in between doctor's visits and stuff where um, he could barely even swallow water. So it was kind of a big deal. Um, And the way that they diagnose it is with an endoscopy. And so they did one of those and determined that he had EOE. And they had to stretch his esophagus a few times to get it back up to the normal um, size. And then they sent him in for allergy testing and determined that the cause of EOE was um, food allergies. So he is allergic to wheat and barley and oats and rice. So basically he's gluten-free plus he has to avoid oats and soy. Yeah. So a lot of people avoid oats anyway when they're gluten-free, but he has to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oats are a whole other topic (laughs) in the gluten-free world. You could have a whole series of podcast episodes (laughs) about oats. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So EOE, this is something we haven't talked about on the podcast before, but I know that there are listeners and followers on Instagram who eat gluten-free because of EOE. Um, Some people, I mean, I don't know what the process is like, but I, like my dad has been diagnosed with EOE, but he's never been told he needs to have any allergy testing. Like the route that his doctor told him is like, you'll just come in and get your esophagus stretched. And then I have another friend who also has EOE, but she just gets her esophagus stretched like every six months, which I'm like, that's kind of not, I don't know how invasive it is, but it seems like kind of extreme to get your esophagus stretched every six months when you could eliminate the inflammation from a food allergy that's causing the inflammation, right? So is it is it common or is it supposed to happen in that process where like, okay, you get EOE diagnosis and then you're supposed to have allergy testing because it just doesn't seem like everybody doesn't have that process. Like my dad and my friend, like they're just told to stretch their esophagus. So what, at what point after your husband's EOE diagnosis, did he get allergy testing done? It was actually immediately after, um, as soon as they did the endoscopy, um, they sent it in for biopsies and determined that there were eosinophils there that shouldn't be there, or there were more than there were supposed to be. Um, and so they actually sent him into an allergist fairly quickly and determined that he was allergic to literally everything. (laughs) They just circled the whole page, environmental allergens, foods. Um, but a lot of us have a very minor allergy to things and we don't necessarily need to avoid it. And so they just told him, here's your top ones that you need to avoid. Um, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I know a handful of people who have EOE and all kind of have different modalities um, for treating it. I think EOE is um, fairly new. There's no cure for it. There's only treatment options for symptoms. Um, is as your husband also concerned. on a medication? Is he also on medication or does he treat it specifically just with diet control? Just with diet control. Um, they When they first diagnosed him, they did set him up with like some PPIs just to reduce like heartburn um, type symptoms, which is pretty common with EOE. And um, they did give him an inhaler. That's how some of our friends handle it as well. Like if that you actually like swallow it instead of breathing it in and mm-hmm. that helps relieve some of the symptoms. Um, I think largely it's up to the patient to kind of decide how they want to deal with it. And for some people, the idea of eliminating foods is really, really scary, which I know you totally get. Yeah, Um, it's overwhelming for sure. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. Um, But I think that it is the best treatment option. So if food allergies are causing your EOE, that's going to give you the highest quality of life 
in my opinion, is to just avoid what you're allergic to. In this day and age, there's so many options um, where you can feel good and not have to go in and have your esophagus stretched. I, I remember my husband going through that. Um, he has not had to have it had to, he has not had to have it done in over a decade. Wow. He just had to have it done a few times initially to kind of restore it to its normal level. But he is really careful about not consuming um, things that he's allergic to. Unlike celiac disease, he does not have to be super careful with cross-contamination, okay. which is kind of nice. Um, but he definitely doesn't eat things he's allergic to and he really doesn't feel like he misses out too much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the longer you get into the, your gluten-free journey, the more you're exposed to, the more experiences you've had, and the more you understand, like, you know, obviously there are some things that you're like, oh, I wish I could have that. But I mean, I'm now coming up on eight years of my diagnosis and I rarely am saying things like, Oh, I wish I could have that. Or I wish there was this, like, I just feel like there's everything, like there's a gluten-free alternative for everything, not only in stores, but with like Pinterest and blogs and making recipes yourself. Like there's just, people have perfected it. Like you, like you've perfected how to cook for your husband, how to bake for your husband. And I had said previously before you came on the podcast, how I really love that this is something you do because you don't have to eat gluten-free. So mm -hmm. you actually like, know this actually tastes like, like gluten, or I'm making it as close as possible. And I know what gluten tastes like. So I can give you like my stamp of approval that like, this is amazing because I eat gluten, but I am gluten-free at home because of my husband but you know, you do breads and you bake all these amazing and you have all these recipes and it's like, people can trust your recipe because you remember what gluten tastes like, right? That's my superpower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause there are some times, I mean, now, like, like you said, you've been at this for eight years. My husband has been for 12 years now. And I feel like you do get to the point when you have not had those foods where you kind of forget what they taste like a little oh, bit. For and sure. so there are some times where I'll make something or we'll buy a new product to try and he'll be like, yeah, this tastes amazing. Amazing. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. We're going to try again. <laughs> like I just had something that was supposed to be what this tastes like yesterday. And it's not the same. Okay. Tell so, us what it is. Can you tell us what it is? Uh, yeah, actually. So, um, we were getting a goldfish dupe. Okay. Um, Simple Mills, who is a brand that the I pops. absolutely love. Yes. Pops. Yes. And he was like, these taste just like goldfish. And I was like, no, they don't taste <laughs> like goldfish. <laughs> I'm with your husband. I'm with your husband. Not. I'm like, these are so good. Yeah. Like, I haven't had goldfish in eight years. So I'm like, this is so good to me. Uh -huh. Obviously they're not as salty or as oily, right. As like a or as goldfish. softer. There's yeah. a whole list of things, Lauren, but you know what? I think, you know, ignorance is bliss. So if they taste <laughs> good, that's fantastic. But yes. I do wish that someone would come up with some actual goldfish dupes. Yeah. That being said though, I have to feel like I, I feel like I have to give a disclaimer because I love simple meals so much. Oh, like yes. their, their sweet thins taste like Teddy grams and they're oh, yes. amazing. And my whole family loves them. Um, I have five kids and none of them have to eat gluten-free and that's all we buy. Um, so they make lots of good stuff, but well, yeah, that's, if a, you that's a testament. Gluten... Yeah. <laughs> that's a testament for, for everyone listening that like, you know, Celeste here can eat gluten and her kids can eat gluten and they like gluten-free things. Like it's, that just goes to show that how much gluten-free things have improved in the last yes. even five years, 10 oh my years. Gosh. Like 
I mean, you guys know 12 years ago, it was probably just a nightmare. And so tell us what your process was like, um, experimenting in the kitchen and making your cookbook. Um, yeah. So again, if I can just rewind back to the beginning for a second, um, like you said, things have come a long ways. And so when my husband was first diagnosed, I knew nothing about food allergies or gluten-free, went to the store, picked up a bunch of stuff. It was gross. I was like, you cannot eat this. I'm going to have to figure (laughs) out how to make it. Um, and then it was a lot of trial and error. So I tried different gluten-free recipes. I tried converting my other recipes. Um, My mom was a huge baker. We always made homemade bread growing up. And so I was already a baker, which was super helpful um, with these things. But it was, it is an entirely different process. Yeah. Um, And once I figured out the process, now I can make anything gluten-free. We've done everything from bread to rolls to fried donuts and they pass the test of all of my kids. Um, and And you who, yeah, Yeah. who eats gluten. You're like, I love this. I eat this. And luckily for your husband, he doesn't remember what the other stuff, I mean, I'm just, yeah, like I said, I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't really remember what a gluten donut tastes like. So I'm happy with a gluten-free alternative. Like, you know, but obviously there are going to be listeners here who just went gluten-free last week or a month ago, or like this year they were diagnosed. And so it's still really fresh and they remember what gluten tastes like. And so they're still mourning and they're still struggling and they're still having a really hard time. So, um, Celeste has a cookbook called how to make a gluten-free bread that actually tastes good. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a cookbook that you can purchase. Tell us where you can, we can purchase this cookbook. Uh, the easiest place is just on Amazon. Okay. It's right on Amazon um, yesterday and the day before it was on sale. I haven't looked today. Amazon is weird and randomly puts things on sale and they don't tell their authors. And they don't so tell you. No idea. But every once in a while it goes on sale. Um, I also have an ebook that you can purchase off of my website. There is, is lifeafterweek.com. Okay. And that's in the link in your bio on Instagram. And yep. Celeste's Instagram page is um, at lifeafterweek. Um, and in there, in her link, you can see her recipes, her blog, the where to purchase the book and all of that. Um, and is the the bread book an ebook as well? Like you can get it physical or ebook? Yes. What you're saying? Yes. Okay. On Amazon, um, it's the it's the physical, physical copy. It's a soft cover book. It's beautiful. It has full color pictures for each of the recipes because I don't cook anything if I don't know what it's going to look like afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so it has full color pictures. Um, the That's digital so ebook. helpful. It's a little bit cheaper because it doesn't have to be printed and shipped out Mm -hmm. um, and also has all the full color. But I know that a lot of people like the physical book. That's that's how I am. Um, And that's when I pulled my readers, most of them wanted a physical book too. So, but there are both options. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm a physical book cookbook person, but not when it comes to a regular book, regular book, I'm audio, but a cookbook. Okay. And it's so nice that you have the pictures next to the recipes because then you're like, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. And if I fail, then I know I can try again because this is what it's supposed to look like. Like, yes, yes. If I were to have two cookbooks in front of me and one of them had pictures and one of them didn't, of course, I'm going to choose the one that has pictures. So, amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so, thank and I you have for a putting few pictures process in. photos in there too. The beginning of the cookbook is actually just a how-to section. Like, let me teach you the process of making gluten-free bread because it's very different from regular bread. It's actually easier. Um, But I walk you through the process and have process photos in there so you know what things are supposed to look like. 
Okay. Speaking of bread, tell us your favorite bread flowers. What are the flowers that you love to use for bread baking, maybe cake baking? What 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 flowers are you choosing when you're cooking and baking? Okay, so GF Jewels is actually my favorite gluten-free flour blend. Um, over the years, I have tested all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the one I just keep coming back to, especially for breads. If I make two loaves, one with GF jewels and one with something else, um, they are going to look very different. And the GF jewels is going to be lots more light and fluffy. So that's the one I recommend for all of my bread recipes. It's also excellent for cookies. I feel like it makes cookies that don't have that weird, like sandy texture. You know what I'm talking about. I do. I do. Um, I feel like other recipes are a little bit less picky. Uh, and so you could go with a cheaper blend like Bob's Red Mill. Um, but I, I really, I really stick to GF Jewels for pretty much everything I make. Okay. And that one you do have to order online. Right. And they ship nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, so for somebody who's like, I, I recently had a follower message me and be like, I was just recently diagnosed with celiac disease. And like, I love baking and this is devastating for me. <laughs> it's, and that mm-hmm. is devastating. And I was never a breaker before. So I'm like, this isn't going to impact me because I've always been a store-bought girl. Like always, like I'm going to buy a store-bought mix. It's very rare for me to bake from scratch. And so it wasn't, it didn't impact me, but like this follower specifically was like, I am just devastated. Right. And so if you are in that position where you're like, I really want to try baking and I want to, um, experiment with baking, we have the GF jewels option, but if somebody isn't able to, doesn't want to pay for shipping or doesn't want to order or wants to just go to the store to bake today, you would recommend the Bob's red mill one. for No, one? actually that one's at the bottom of my list. Okay. Tell us, tell us some um, other ones I that people can like, maybe purchase like at stores. Cup for cup is a good all-purpose blend too. Um, If you're going to be making bread, I just feel like it doesn't, there's nothing that quite cuts it like GF Jewels does. Um, But for, I would say cup for cup is the next best thing. And that is available pretty much everywhere. Yeah, You can find it at Walmart, Target, everywhere. The only problem with cup for cup is that it does contain dairy. Mm -hmm. So for those who cannot have dairy, that one is not an option. Okay. So for those listening, the brand is cup for cup. It's spelled C-U-P number four C-U-P cup for cup. And it's in a big blue bag. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, now that you know how it's spelled and you can look for that, um, in the stores. Um, okay. Yeah. And that's why I don't bake with that one. Um, and I, you know, I recently started my sourdough journey like last year and I had never baked before. I took a class and, um, learned how to make sourdough. Um, and now I have a sourdough starter. And in that class, as part of the class, we were gifted a sourdough starter and she taught us how to feed it and what that looks like. And we just used the namaste flour. And she said, it's just because it's at Costco. Like that's why, I buy it. So if you see the Namaste flour at Costco, that's also an option. I don't know. Now that I've been making my sourdough with that, that's just what I'm used to. But this past week I made a sourdough loaf and I ran out of my flour, but I had a little bit of Bob's Red Meal left over. And I had a little bit of like another local brand that does like a, a flour. And so I'm like, I'm going to have to do three different flours in this to been make it up that. to two and a half <laughs> cups of flour. Um, and it turned out fine. Like I've experimented with that. And and so I, 
there are certain brands that it's like, okay, this cup for cup, the Bob's Red Mill, the Namaste, those are all going to work, but it's up to you too. Like what texture do you like? And it, it does, it is going to require some experimentation on your end. If you're like, okay, I'm going to start with the, the Bob's and then I'm going to try the cup for cup and then, okay, I'm going to splurge and I'm going to pay for the GF Joe's to ship to me. Like if you were wanting to start a baking journey, it's going to take some trial and error for you anyway, until you figure out what you like and what texture you like. But those are some recommendations for some gluten-free flours that you could start with. Um, mm-hmm. but and I would add to that, um, if you're using namas, namaste, you're going to need to reduce the flour a little bit or increase the moisture. Um, it just does okay. use up a little bit more moisture. Yeah. I have found that too. Every time I like put the exact measurements in, it's a little dry. And then I end up having to add a little bit more water Mm -hmm. to my sourdough. And liquid is so important with (laughs) gluten-free. Yes, (laughs) it really is. It's, it's a, it's a whole other beast to to tackle. And, and I remember in my beginning years of being gluten-free when there were so many tears shed and it was just a hard time Mm -hmm. for me and just throwing away full batches of cookies or a which full... is horrible because oh, it's so it costs expensive. a fortune yes and I remember crying in my kitchen after I just dumped out a cookie sheet into the garbage can I'm like this isn't even edible like it's so gross and I think that that was before I even had tried cup for like the Bob's Red Mill cup for cup like it was a recipe that required me to buy like almond flour, tapioca flour mm. like it required me to like make my own blend and that was so overwhelming to me I'm like this is not, well, first of all, like if you're already a baker beforehand, it's a science. It's like already a science experiment. So unless you're familiar with baking, which luckily you were before you had to go learn how to make these things gluten-free. But if you're like me and you're like being thrown into a recipe, that's like, okay, you're going to need six different flowers and you're going to need xanthan gum and you're going to need psyllium husks. And you're going to need like all this stuff. Like that's really advanced. Start small, start with a recipe that just has a cup for cup flour, or start with one of your mom's favorite recipes and just swap out the flour for GF jewels or a cup for cup, something like that. That's what's been successful for me is I just take one of my mom's recipes and I make it exact. And the only thing I switch is the flour. Um, like my mom has a zucchini recipe that I grew up eating like zucchini muffins. And it was one of those things that I'm like, I miss zucchini muffins so much. And that was one of the first things that I was like, Hey, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do a cup for cup flour. Um, so is the GF jewels flour cup for cup? Like you don't have to add anything else. Yep. And I find that that one is more cup for cup than the other blends. Um, I feel like the other ones you have to adjust them sometimes a little bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, but cup for cup seems to be that's always how much I use. Okay. Um, but yeah, breads are a whole different beast. So I definitely do not recommend swapping out flour for your mom's recipe. If it's yeast bread or rolls or something, um, no. it's a different process entirely, but yeah, muffins, pancakes, waffles, knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have not ventured into the bread world besides the sourdough. Um, but bread from scratch, I haven't tried that and I haven't done it. And it, it does seem daunting to me, but with Celeste's cookbook, like this cookbook, how to make the gluten-free bread taste, like actually taste good. She's going to walk you through that process and make it easy for you and be there to hold your hand if you're looking to start baking breads, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to add anything else before we move on about the bread? Um, No, no, okay. I think that, that covers everything. Okay. So something else that Celeste does is she offers like a gluten-free course, right? Um, gluten-free 101. Tell us about that course and how people can take this course, what, who it's for, who it's catered for. 
Okay, so I'm actually really excited about this one. This one was a labor of love from 2023. Um, and I just saw a need for information for those who are starting out on their gluten-free journey because you go to the doctor and you get diagnosed with celiac disease or EOE or food allergies or gluten intolerance or whatever it is. Um, and they just say, okay, don't eat gluten. And they yeah. send you on your way and you're nodding for those who are listening to <laughs> my this. exact experience. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think we can all agree that that's our experience and you have no idea what gluten is or how to avoid it. In the United States of America, our food labeling laws do not require that gluten is stated on a label. And so we have to learn all of the individual ingredient variations that contain gluten that we wouldn't know about because it doesn't say um, we don't know how to bake. We don't know how to shop. We're too scared to eat at restaurants. And it's hard enough to adjust to a new lifestyle. You kind of go through like a morning period 100%. where like a grief process. Yeah. Um, and everything is really difficult. Um, it's emotional. It's We're emotional. tied emotionally to food. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so much. And social situations. Um, and for those with celiac disease, like your gut is healing and that is a process. And so you're going to have to deal with that too. Um, and just so many people just don't have any resources. They don't know how to keep themselves safe. I talk to people all the time who had no idea they've been eating this product with gluten in it for the last 10, 20 years mm -hmm. um, because they just never learned how to read labels. There was no one there to teach them. And so I created a course called Gluten-Free 101 that just goes over all the basics, right? It's like a beginner level college course where I say, welcome to eating gluten-free, like these are the issues with it. Um, let me take you to the grocery store with me. I have videos where I take you to the grocery store with me. Wow. Um, we read labels together. We learn what to look out for. I have printables with every module. Um, we go over like baking tips. I show you my favorite products, swaps for all the products you used to love that are now gluten-free. Um, and then we talk about eating out. I have dining scripts you can use. We talk about how you can safely eat out questions to ask restaurants and your servers and um, how to deal with things like social situations like potlucks and family gatherings yeah. and things like that. So we just kind of cover all of the basics so that you can feel confident and comfortable and you have access to a community with me and other group members um, that are just there to support you because sometimes it can feel kind of lonely. Uh, kind of. It's very yeah, lonely. It can feel, really <laughs> it lonely. Can feel very lonely. So yeah. Celeste has done all of the work for you. So is this is this a go at your own pace course? Mm -hmm. Like they purchase the course and then they just get to go through it at their own pace. Yes. And you have lifetime access. So you can okay. repeat if you have questions, you can ask That's them in the great. community group. Um, it has there, there's slides, there's videos, there's audio, there's printables. So whatever your learning style is, it is applicable to you and you can ingest it in small pieces or you can take it all at once, whatever works for you. Okay. That is so awesome. And you know that I'm also passionate about this. And so it's like, yeah, you, there's a huge gap in diagnosis to thriving. And, you know, in my experience, it took me almost two years to get to not even thriving, like just like, okay, I think I've figured this out now. Survival. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it, you know, and it, and it's very unfortunate that that's the case because we're not getting the help that we need from the medical system. Mm -hmm. And so it's people like you and me and other content creators who can help, who actually live this lifestyle, who know what it's like 
to give you this information and can actually hold your hand and walk you through it. So if you are feeling that overwhelm, if you are feeling the stress of a new diagnosis, whatever it may be, this course gluten-free 101 can be found on Celeste's website, on her Instagram bio, the link in her bio. Um, and you can reach out to her Instagram. I know you said you have a Facebook group, but is that Facebook group for the people who join the course? So that that group is actually not on Facebook. Um, it is oh, a group okay. within the course. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, so it's just for course members. And I would add that I've had several students who have taken the course just to support people who they love who are gluten-free. Maybe um, they have so a sister great. or a mom or a cousin, which I love. I love that yeah. so much. Um, and, and maybe you just, you've been gluten-free for a while, but you just feel like you aren't thriving. Like you said, Lauren, then, um, sometimes we need to back up and do the basics and get to a point where we actually feel like we can love life and we can enjoy it. And Mm -hmm. we aren't feeling sick all the time and we can learn how to get out in social situations and feel comfortable there. Yeah, for sure. And, and I I was on somebody else's podcast last week and they said, if you could give us one a listener, one piece of advice, what would it be? And I said, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. You will fail over and over and over again to the point of, I can't do this by like, I can't do this is too overwhelming and you're not meant to do it alone. It is one of the biggest tasks and one of the biggest life change, a complete 180 in your life to change your diet. And if you have the mindset of like, I'm just going to wing it, I'm just going to kind of just push through it myself and figure it out as I go, it will take you way longer to get to a point of happiness and feeling okay and accepting your disease than it should. Like ideally from time of diagnosis within six months, you should be like, I know everything I need to know that's important for me to move forward. And I have had the help that I need and I have the resources that I have. Like six months should be a point where you're like, okay, I'm I'm feeling okay with this and I have come to terms with this. Like it shouldn't take you two years. It shouldn't take you more than that, right? Like, it, And that's what the purpose of these courses are for is to give you all the information that you need. Take it at your pace and figure it out because- you're not meant to do it alone. And if you do, you'll, it will be a lonely, sad, frustrating experience, right? Amen. Amen. There are so (laughs) many people out here to support you. Yes. So So many great resources. Don't do it alone. (laughs) Do not do it alone. And the resources available to you as a listener are are endless. Um, And reach out to me, reach out to Celeste. If you need help with that, that's what that's what Celeste is here for. That's mm-hmm. what I'm here for. We want to help you because we know how daunting it is um, in the beginning. So check out Absolutely. Celeste's course, um, her cookbook. If you're interested in um, wanting to bake, if you wanted to do like experiment with breads, her bread book is going to be an awesome resource for you. Um, we hope the flour discussion helped you guys a little bit about like what flowers you need to use. Um, anything else you would like to add to for the listeners that might help them? Well, you know what? I I just want to reiterate that you don't have to do it alone and that it is hard and all your emotions are totally normal. I think some people sometimes feel weird because they get diagnosed and they start making dietary changes. And then, you know, it's almost you go into like a little bit of a depression and things like that. And that's totally normal. Um, We don't want you to stay there and we're here to support you. um, But know that whatever you're feeling throughout the process um, and whatever support you need is totally okay. Mm -hmm. And also Lauren, I think your next um, sweatshirt merch should be 
don't do it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously, don't do it alone in all aspects of life, right? Like don't Uh do anything alone. Oh, really? Really? (laughs) We're not meant to do anything alone. And um, we're here to support you. And I appreciate you so much for coming on, sharing all of your knowledge and your information. And I will link um, your cookbook and your Instagram. I'll link all of your resources in the show notes for anyone who's listening. If you want to go to the podcast app, all of the links will be there. Um, and then I'll also share them on Instagram the day that this podcast goes live. So, um, I appreciate you so much and be sure to follow Celeste on Instagram. Um, again, her handle is at life after wheat. Um, thank you so much for coming on. It was so fun to chat with you. Lauren. It's always fun to be with you. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a rating and a review. I would love to connect with you on my other social media platforms like Instagram and TikTok. My handle is at goodglutenfreegrub.